Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Noblesville First. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. I am Pastor Jill, and happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. We have a lot to celebrate this morning. We will continue our series on a church in transition, doing a new thing. So today we'll continue with that, with hearing about the story of Abram and Sarai as they go forth to the land that God will show them. And now let us join together in our call to worship. We also light our candle before we do that to welcome those of us joining online in the light of Christ that unites us all together. And now let's join together in our call to worship. Come, let us worship the Lord our God, whose love quenches our thirst. We are parched and thirsty for God's healing word. Let us praise God who is with us always, who seeks the one who will not desert us. Let us open our hearts to God who calls us by name, who comes to renew our relationship with God, whose love knows no end. Amen. Let's stand and sing together how great thou art.
Let us pray. Oh God, you are so great. We thank you for this opportunity to come together this morning and worship you and praise you for all that you are to us. Bless this time that we have together with your Holy Spirit, that when we leave this place, our hearts will be uplifted, we will be joyful, we'll be ready to share the good news of your love for all people through the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. You may be seated and we'll sing together our prayer. This is my father's world. Good morning, and happy Father's Day. And you can stop outside in the narthex here and have your picture taken, dads. There you go. <laughs> we share our concerns and some thoughts with you this morning. We share our continued prayer concerns for all those requesting prayers this week at our pastoral care team, our email prayer chain, our prayer gathering here at the church, and online from our church website or from our daily prayer program on Facebook. But we also extend our prayers to those here and around the world that never make it to any prayer list, but are in desperate need of help. Our condolences are offered to Pastor Mary Eileen at the passing of her covenant member and friend, Evelyn Haney. 
Please pray for Evelyn's husband, Kevin Haney, as well. We also extend our sincerest condolences to Margie Graham at the passing of her husband and longtime friend and member of our church, Jerry Graham, on June 15th. A celebration of life will be held and announced at a later date. Please keep Margie and all their family and friends in your prayers. We also share some celebrations of joy. We are thankful that Lynn Mills was discharged home from the hospital after a brief hospitalization recently for lung problems. And we praise God for all the hospital workers and all others that care for the sick, the injured, and the hurting. Thank you for sharing your love here on earth, Jesus. Please join me together in a call to prayer. Creator God, you created a world of amazing diversity, living things we cannot number. We praise you for such wonder. You created amazing diversity in humankind through culture and language, custom and community, creativity and compassion. We praise you for such wonder. By the power of your spirit, Give us new eyes to behold the wonders you have made and teach us how to share in the praise your creation offers you day by day. Amen. Now please join together in a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's on your heart this morning. Then I'll follow with a pastoral prayer and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit, thank you for gathering us together to worship you today. You are our steadfast rock and our gentle refuge. We pray for the sick, the dying, the hurting, and the brokenness within ourselves and for all others around the world. We trust in your divine providence for your comfort, your care, your protection, and your peace given to us by your love and your grace. Show us your blessings and share our joys through the wonders of you, God. Help us not to fear change, but to receive it as a gift from you. 
We ask your forgiveness too when we try to shape your kingdom the way we think it should be made and not the way you long for it to be. Include us in your plans to glorify our Father together, Jesus. We need and ask for your guidance for this all-important step in our journeys. We pray all this with thankful hearts, and we thank you, Lord, for the prayer that you taught us long ago that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Good morning, it's Lori Overton from Teeter Retreat. We wanted to take some time this morning to say a big thank you to our many wonderful volunteers. Each week, so many of you step up in various ways to help us fight food insecurity in our community. One of those ways is helping with the cleaning and the laundry for the cabins and the lodge. By volunteering for these chores, you help us to keep the money from the rentals to put toward our food insecurity mission. To put a value on this is hard, but if we were to pay someone, that is probably the equivalent of 25 servings of food each time you clean the cabin and 50 servings of food each time you clean the lodge. The laundry and the linens are also a tremendous help in getting the cabins and the lodge ready each week. We truly appreciate each and every moment you donate to the farm and the retreat center. We know that you have many choices in how you spend your time and how you give back to your community. And we truly appreciate that you have chosen to give some of this time to Teeter Farm and Retreat. The community appreciates it and we appreciate it. Without all of you, our food insecurity mission would not be possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have ever donated time or spent time out at Teeter, can you raise your hand? Give ourselves a hand. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Your support makes Teeter Farm possible, and what an amazing gift it is to our community. A few announcements that we have as you go into your week, knowing what's happening here at our church. First of all, as Bonnie said, there is a wonderful photo booth opportunity for Father's Day outside in the narthex. Our student director, David, put that up for us on Thursday, and he's really excited about it, so make sure you go out get your picture taken, post it on social media, uh, tag Noble Till First, and let people know that we are here and uh, supporting one another, especially on Father's Day today. If you have walked by the church office, there's not really a church office right now. Uh, Bonnie and I can't find any of our stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a mess, but it's going to be so much better when it's done. But please note that our office will be closed this week, the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. As always, our care line is 24-7. You may also reach any of our staff by email or phone. Uh, we are still here for you. We just won't be in the physical office on those days. And the pasta drive continues from our missions committee. So if you are out and about shopping, please pick up pasta, sauce, noodles, whatever you'd like, and donate it to our box out here, and that will go to our Dinners on Us ministry, as well as Second Helpings, which help our uh, ministry as well. And there is no youth group tonight to observe Father's Day, but then make sure if you have a youth, or you are a youth, to join us out at Teeter Farm starting on the 26th at 6 to 8. The full schedule's on the website. I hear there are going to be outdoor activities, water balloon fights, which I might have to bring out my son for, and a lot more. So please look at the website to see what dates they'll be out there. And our blood drive is coming up tomorrow from 2 to 645 in the Vine. And there is a desperate, desperate need for blood donors. So if you can sign up, that would be wonderful. They'll probably take walk-ins also. And guess what? You'll get a Bluetooth speaker because blood donors rock, right? So come on out and donate blood uh, tomorrow. 
And of course, we invite you to check out our next steps on our website to make sure you register your attendance, you can submit prayer requests, and you can give also online and of course on our app as well. The ushers will come forward in just a moment if you have gifts or offerings today. And of course, if you are visiting for the first time, make sure that you see either myself, Bonnie, or Pam Kaplinger, a hospitality coordinator, who will welcome you and give you a gift and answer any questions you might have about life here at Noblesville First. And now invite us to be in prayer for our offerings and ask God's blessing to be upon our gifts. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for each and every beautiful gift that is poured out into our lives. And so it is our turn to give something back to you, whether it is through the way that we pray for our community, the way that we show up, we are in fellowship with one another, we are here for one another, our gifts are financial, they are our hands and feet, our time, and our talents. So whatever they are, we ask today that you would bless them with your spirit, that they would multiply, that they would in turn be signs and symbols of your grace and mercy and love for all people as we continue to be your disciples right here in Noblesville. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.
may be seated. Let's join together in a prayer of understanding. God of wisdom and hope, your word has offered guidance and healing throughout many generations. Send us your spirit now, that as we listen to the stories of your people, we may find wisdom and hope, guidance and healing through your living word, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Today's scripture lesson comes from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4a. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram left just as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, all of their possessions, and those who became members of their household in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. We ask God to provide a blessing for this hearing and open our ears to the messages we will receive. Well, are there any dream experts out there? No? Uh, I need one because I have been having recurring dreams over the past year or so about packing and unpacking. Constantly, right? The most common one is that I am frantically trying to pack to go somewhere or to leave somewhere, and new things keep appearing that I have to pack into my already stuffed suitcase. I'm like, really? And sometimes Xavier, my son, appears, and I can't find any of his stuff, or he has too much stuff, and I can't pack that either. Sometimes I dream that there's a group of people waiting for me, that we have to go somewhere, get on a plane or a bus, and I'm like, I'm coming, I promise. I don't know. And other times, whatever I'm taking, whether it's a, a plane, a bus, a train, I just can't get there. Something happens, and I can't make it, and I'm stuck. Talk about anxiety dreams, right? Now, if you have a good interpretation of these dreams better than mine, please let me know. Or maybe the church bells will let us know also on the phone. <laughs> Underlying all of these dreams, of course, is uncertainty. Uncertainty about the future. Anxiety about the present state of things. How can I pull everything together? What curveball will be thrown my way next? And what if I can't do what I need to do and I can't get to where I need to be? And how can I stop feeling so scattered? Now these days, I think that we all have these worries and thoughts, whether they are conscious or subconscious in our dreams. There is so much in our world that is uncertain or unknown. We can't keep up. We can't quite get it all together, but we have to trust. We have to find ways to cope with what we do not know. We have to find ways to know what we can control and what we can't. And we have to figure out where we might be or how we need to get there in the best way. 
This is what Abram and Sarai did as they set off to their journey of this unknown promised land thousands of years ago. Now take note, they're not Abraham and Sarah yet. They're Abram and Sarai, and then their names are changed as a sign of the new covenant by God later on. But that's a whole different sermon. So today, they are Abram and Sarai. But Abram and Sarai did not have a GPS or a map. They didn't have anyone already in Canaan to show them how to get there or tell them what to do when they did or tell them the safest way to get there. They didn't even have a nice Airbnb waiting for them when they got there, right? Ugh. Now, I imagine that this family definitely had similar anxiety dreams as they began to pack up everything that they owned so they could, they could go to this mysterious place known only to them as the land that I will show you. Sounds great, right? But I don't know. I'd be like, uh, can you tell me where we're going at least? Not just that, but think about the amount of trust that Abram and Sarai must have had in God to embark on this adventure. Having been raised in a religion with many gods, Abram faced not just a call to a new land, but a call to abandon everything that he had been taught in his previous faith to trust in this new faith in the one God. Now, I relate to Abram's story quite a bit. I think of how I felt when I started to venture into my new life as a Christian after having been a devoted part of the Judaism faith for many years. Now, although Judaism and Christianity are similar in many ways, I still questioned taking that leap into a new faith and what it meant to be a follower of Christ. God was certainly calling me out of my comfort zone. And I think of Pastor Nicole who's starting this new adventure with us in just two months. Now, like all of us, I am certain that she is feeling a bit nervous and anxious about venturing into something new. And luckily, she doesn't even have to pack. Oh, I'm so jealous of that, right? Believe it or not, pastors do get nervous. We get nervous about taking on a new role. Churches that we are called to serve are kind of like that land that we will be shown, right? New people, learning new names, and leaving everything that she has been a part of for several years over at St. Luke's. That has to be unnerving, and I know from experience. I was looking through my social media posts over the past few years, and if you're on Facebook, you know, they have that, you know, five years ago, two years ago, and they show you memories well, this year, this time of year, I'm always reminded that in the past, this is when I have been moving. I have been packing this time of year. This is when pastors are getting ready to move if they've been called to a new church. And this was from five years ago when I was leaving my church congregation in Portland, Indiana. And I see pictures like this of empty church offices of boxes piled up to the ceiling in our parsonage. I see old photos of my dog getting lost in the boxes. I have pictures of Xavier when he was smaller in a box, right? There are all these memories that flood back, and I think, wow, really? This is the life I've been called to? I must be crazy. <laughs> but I'm reminded that I look back and I see these photos 
of uh, previous congregations and empty church offices and boxes, and I think, what an adventure it has been. I remember the nervous anticipation of starting a new adventure at a new church. For me, this time of year, I was moving to come be with you all two years ago, and it was during COVID. (laughs) I couldn't even see my new apartment before I moved into it. Wow. I especially remember this time of year, the ways that each time I am called, I question why I am called to this work, where I have to pack up my life and move whenever the bishop calls me. (laughs) But what it really comes down to is trust. Do I trust in God enough that all shall be well, even when it seems like a terrible idea to pack up and start ministry in an unknown land? Nicole is asking herself the same question. God essentially told Abram at the age of 75 to uproot yourselves from the comfort of family and home and country. Gather all of your people, your flocks, your possessions, and head out to points unknown. But God said go, and Abram went. How willing are we to do the same? For a lot of us, it's easier to feel stuck in what we know than to face what we don't know. The problem is that after a while, we will still be stuck. And when we are stuck, we're not able to move forward, and we don't get to uncover the mystery that is beyond the known. We are stuck in not knowing what the new thing is that may be around the corner and much, maybe much better than what we ever thought. Now, my son, Xavier, he's six. He's really into fish right now. We have four glow fish. They're the ones, if you turn on the fluorescent light, they glow. I found out they're actually illegal in California. Um, I guess because they're like genetically mutated. I don't know. But they're very cool. They're very cool fish. And he's really into the movie Finding Nemo. So we watch that a lot. Anyone seen Finding Nemo? I think most of us have. So it's one of his favorite movies, and we watch it a lot. And if you remember... Marlin is the father, and Nemo is the little clownfish, the the son. Now, if you go to the zoo or the aquarium, it's no longer children that see clownfish, they're Nemos. There's a Nemo! There's a Nemo! Right? So we remember that Marlin loses Nemo. Nemo gets lost, and he ends up in an aquarium in Sydney, Australia, and Marlin embarks on this adventure to try to find his son. And, of course, we know Dory, the fish who comes along, who has short-term memory problem. And they're finally making progress when they get stuck in the mouth of a whale. Remember this scene? Now, in this scene we're about to watch, Marlin learns a valuable lesson about what happens when we are willing to let go and trust that all will be okay. Let's take a look. Okay. Dory! Dory! 
situation in life. Hopefully we're not hanging off of a tongue of a whale or hanging off of a cliff, but we all have faced that choice at some point in life to stay on the ledge or stay stuck or let go. It's never easy. Abraham and Sarai had challenges and obstacles to overcome. The journey to this unknown land that was promised to them was never promised to be an easy one. And on top of this, Sarah was barren. She was unable to have children. Hearing that God promised Abram that he would be a father to all the nations must have been laughable and even painful to Sarai, who had longed for children. In a world where having children was the mark of a successful and fruitful life, here was this couple thinking, well, we really don't have a lot to lose at this point making this leap into a change. Has anyone ever been on a trapeze? Oh, I see a few hands, see a few hands. Fun fact about me is that I was actually in a circus in uh, my performing arts camp in upstate New York as a teenager. I did not do the trapeze though. I was part of the arrow team, the ones that built the pyramids and lifted up small children and all that. Fun times. I don't know if I could have done the trapeze. But the Roman Catholic teacher, Henry Nouwen, in one of his books, shares something that he learned from his trapeze artist friends. There's a very special relationship, the circus performer told him, between the person they call the flyer and the one they call the catcher. The flyer is the one who lets go, and the catcher is the one who hangs on by the knees from the other trapeze and catches the flyer. When the flyer reaches the top of his arc, his one task is to let go, arms reaching out into nothing, and then to remain as still as possible while the catcher gets a hold of him. Now this is nearly impossible for a lot of us to imagine because it goes against every human survival instinct. The flyer must never try to catch the catcher according to the trapeze artist. The flyer must wait in absolute trust. The catcher will catch him, but they must wait. Now, Abram was 75 when he set out with his family on the journey of absolute trust and faith. When he did this, he began to learn that God is the catcher. There were times when he and Sarai must have felt as if they were falling. There were times when they felt they were hanging on in midair, cut off from every earthly support that they had ever known. But he had to wait. They had to wait. For the Lord had promised to catch them. So maybe you find yourself now in a time 
of feeling like you are falling. Perhaps you are feeling stuck in your life. Or you're hanging in midair hoping that someone will catch you. Or you are in that waiting pattern wondering where to go next. You feel that God might be calling you to a land that God will show you. But hear the good news. God does and will catch us. And catch Abraham and Sarah, God did. God gave them a promised land. God gave Sarah the miraculous gift of a son in her old age. And by these two people of faith, the whole family of the earth has indeed been blessed. So may it be so for each one of us that we will trust in God to be the catcher of our lives. That when we are called to a new land, a new journey, a new season, or into the unknown, that trust in God will be above all fear, will be above all uncertainty or anxiety, and that we will be blessed and in turn be a blessing to others. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks that you are the catcher of our lives. That when we may feel that we are hanging in midair, we have to trust and know that we will be caught by you. So as we are a time in a time of transition, as we are in a time maybe in our personal lives where we feel stuck or afraid or not sure where to turn next, open our hearts and our eyes to the ways that you are already leading us to where we need to go. That that land that you will show us will be above and beyond anything we could ever imagine. We give thanks for our trust in you and the ways that you lead us in our lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our closing hymn is, He Leadeth Me, O Blessed Thought. I invite you to stand and we'll sing together. Mm -hmm. 